Welcome to Greedwatch 2018. My name's Coriander Dickinson, and this is a Common Rider O's recap podcast. I have with me uh, Josh Kagan. Hello. And Adam Wasserman. Hi. This is the first episode. How did we like it? Well, I should probably admit from the beginning that I've already watched the whole series. <laughs> and I, I like it, which is why I suggested it for this podcast and i was glad that you agreed um so i liked it just fine uh i should probably admit uh from the beginning that i've seen exactly 23 minutes worth of the common writer series uh starting with this episode that we're going to discuss today i had no idea what to expect maybe some sort of breakfast cereal uh because of the o's uh which i think would be delicious uh, uh but uh i i found it to be uh incredibly entertaining while astonishingly varied in tone. And I guess you two are the experts on this, so I'll ask a question right off. Who is the intended audience of this show? Young boys. Yeah, like six-year-old boys. Six-year-old Japanese boys. Okay, and not like... and, and So not for the whole family or not for like... folks like us in our various ages. Like, this is, this is a show for children. It, yes. It, I mean, it's a show that is... For children, and it's supposed to sell toys to children. Cool, cool. Because there are some very weird, dark parts, and I don't know if this extends throughout the history of the series, and obviously we will get to it uh, as we talk about the show, but the happy birthday segment will haunt my dreams and was as weird as anything as I have seen in, like, a David Lynch movie. And that seems like a strange thing to throw at six-year-olds. Yeah, the specific thing that I really like about this series, I've seen about half of it, is the, I guess, cinematography and overall design choices that they make in this, because it's kind of above what they typically do in Kamen Rider, at least from what I've seen. And I like how much of kind of an artistic bent they put on this series. So, yeah, it's still for kids. Yeah, well, yeah, because then there's like a guy, then there's like, oh, no, I'm in my underpants and like jokes like that. And it's just I found the tone oddly endearing as it sort of ping pong back and forth from like very serious stuff to just like, oops, I farted that kind of comedy jokes. But I really liked it. I'm excited to talk about it. Did you like take any extensive notes or anything for the for the episode? Is this a question for me or a question for both of us? Oh, I took lots of notes. I took a moderate level of notes. I took I took some notes. I watched it through uh, two or three times. Let's get into it. Let's 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 start off. Let's tell these people what's happening. So we open on uh, some really heavy groaning noises. <laughs> Wait, don't coins. we open on on a bunch of like metals falling through the air? Yeah, I assume that it's the coins that are groaning. Oh, okay. <sighs> it's like. Ugh. That noise. I can't believe we have to become robot people. Why why can't I just be in a pocket? (laughs) Yeah, so we are in the uh, Kogami Museum, and a couple of guards happen to also be trying to steal from that museum. Human Bebop and Rocksteady? Yes. Yes. (laughs) They've uh, drugged the main character who is snoozing away on a couch, oblivious. Who we don't know is the main character. Well, I know. Well, I for uh, let's pretend uh, from from my point of view as someone who is twenty three minutes into this entire series for the first time, I didn't know that was our guy. For all I know, that just could have been some sleepy guy. But okay, fair. So they're sneaking into this museum, uh, specifically the basement, which is very lightly propped. It kind of looked like <laughs> it kind of just looked like my nana's basement, full of antique vases and a large stone coffin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's. What do your what does your nana have in her basement? <laughs> no, it just didn't look. It didn't look like an impressive museum basement. Like it looked like they realized five minutes beforehand. Like, oh shit, we're doing the museum scene. Too. Okay, we got the big stone coffin. Get some plates or whatever. Maybe it's a really good museum and they have all their stuff on display, so they don't have a lot of stuff in the basement. That's valid. Except they did do a shot of like one of the one of the actual museum rooms, and it just kind of looked like a really nice dentist's waiting office, like. In context, it sort of seems like the museum is just where where Kogami puts it, puts some of his stuff. 
Like it's yes. a storage museum. Yes. And as we will learn, he has not one iota of motherfucking compunction about exploding <laughs> the whole goddamn joint. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> Anyways, Bebop and Rocksteady. They knocked out a floppy haired uh, hobo who we will come to know and love. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they are examining the wares in this basement. Well, nearby the coffin is a pile of coins that becomes animate and crawls its way up onto the top of the coffin and turns the seal on top of it. Yeah. And sets off an alarm in the process. So I have a question. Yes, I do keep laser trip wires in my basement. Oh, no, 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 no. I knew that about you. We've covered that in past conversations. Um, Is it just a coincidence that Human Bebop and Rocksteady were sneaking into Museum Nana's basement to steal plates or whatever the fuck when Pile of Coins decided to become animate? Like, Right. I was thinking that, too, because if you'd asked me before, I would have sworn that they did something to cause that to happen. But it looks like it was just a coincidence because it's not like they knocked a bunch of coins over and it happened or they accidentally opened the coffin. It just happened while they were there. Yeah, it's just a reason for the camera to be in that room. (laughs) Unusually light plotting. Oh, are you being ironic or is is it truly unusually light for this series? Usually if you were doing that, like on any show, there would be like a reason. Like it would, you, 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 you wouldn't bother putting like your robbers in there if they weren't going to screw something up and cause the problem. Right. Like just, just narratively, it's odd. Yeah. And the connection they have is that the protagonist was doing a part-time job as a guard and they drugged him. That's the connection with the rest of the plot of the show. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so the alarm is blaring, and we cut to a parking garage, I guess, where a yeah. whole squad is getting issued these big fat coins to put into some vending machines. The the basement or the parking garage of the Kogami Corporation, because I believe it does show that first. This seems like a lot of steps to just <laughs> to just. I look. I, I'm all about just sort of streamlining, you know, my own day, and I feel like. I don't have a coin-operated shower, for example, because I just like to be able to get in my shower and take a shower. Or, like, a car is also not similarly coin-operated because it's just nice to be able to get in a car, turn the key, and go have adventures. Adam and Corey, can you speak a little to why all of these extra... Is this... How much does this tie into Common Rider canon? Do you always need oh, not a coin at all. to write... Oh, okay. So coins, this is all... The coins are unique the, the, to the series. Yeah, the medals are, okay. like, the series' is. I don't know, late motif or whatever. I guess you got to hire a guy to stand there and hand out the coins. You need, you need somebody to make all of those coins. It just, and it just seems like the motorcycles on their own would be cheaper. I don't get it. Here's my explanation such as it is. Oh, dope. These are vending machines that are around town, which we'll find out later. So I think what it is, is that only the metals specifically will operate them. So if any normal Joe comes by with their like 100 yen coins or whatnot, they're just going to get a beverage. Whereas right. if you have like the metals that you got from, you know, your boss, then you get a cool motorcycle. Why, why they don't just have motorcycles in their parking garage. I don't know. I, right. I think that the chairman just thinks it's super cool. I think that's the reason for a lot of the stuff that happens in this. Series. Yeah, actually. Just that Kogami is just like, Hey, I like cake. Now you eat cake. <laughs> he likes the fuck out of cake, this guy. I hope it's like the equivalent of like the bad guy's cat from the James Bond movies. Like every time <laughs> we get a shot of this dude, I want him to be cradling some different kind of cake. To, to be fair, he seems to like making cake more than eating cake. He specifically hires people to eat the cakes for yes. him. Oh, like the young woman whose uh, share from Clueless cosplay is on point? <laughs> It is a ridiculous dress that she's wearing. I think ostensibly she is a secretary. Yeah, she's the best, though. Like, you don't see her much in this episode, but she's totally the best. I mean, definitely there is a shot of her at one point eating an entire quarter of a sheet cake. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. There's another cake on its way. Like, you gotta get through it. So I got a question about uh, Kagami. That's that's the gentleman's name. Did I get that right? Is he evil or is or what? Like, he seems like he's wearing a red suit 
and singing happy birthday in like very menacing tones. But he seems just as psyched for monsters as he does people who will defeat the monsters. And he seems just as okay with all of his men getting killed as he does with sending his men to kill them. He's a complicated guy. guy. Yeah, that's he's got depth. Yeah, like you will see a lot of him in the series, and 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 you will you will you know sort of learn what his deal is. I don't want to don't want to spoil the show on the first episode. Okay, that's that's completely reasonable. But it just again, and this is you know it goes back to like the tone going back and forth between wacky underpants jokes and then really like striking scary images. I feel like in American shows. When you, especially American shows for baby children, six year old boys and whatnot, like immediately from the first five seconds, the bad guy goes, my evil plan. And you're like, oh, that's the bad guy. This guy, he's a little all over the map. And I like that. I feel like he's very consistent in just making cakes this episode and singing happy birthday. Yeah. And I just want to say that, that I feel like Common Rider in general, although not always, is, is generally superior to, to most equivalent children's entertainments in in the usa that are just there for toy selling purposes sure makes sense but i am extraordinarily biased and there is extensive toy selling in this show common rider is definitely moving merch oh yeah oh yeah no doubt even the first episode there's like 12 things you got to bug your parents to buy right off the bat not to mention i'm sure just coins 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 indeed Speaking of, we are back in the museum basement where the giant stone coffin turns into coins. And then mm-hmm. those coins turn into people-shaped people. Well, humanoid anyway. But monsters. They're, yeah. they're monsters. Yeah. And we will come to know them as the greed. With three E's. Yeah. Yes. And then a motorcycle smashes through the wall. And then a man on a motorcycle shotguns the coin piles. And it does nothing. Not a, not a goddamn thing, but I will also say, and this is why I asked at the beginning, like, who's this show for? You don't see a lot of sawed-off shotguns in the first <laughs> five minutes of most American children's programming. Peppa Pig never pulls out a shotgun and, and goes to town on Pigville or wherever the fuck Peppa Pig lives. Hence my statement that Common Rider is, in general, better than these other shows. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. It's good stuff. Uh, but the gun, the gun does nothing. The goggles do nothing. As as one does, one resorts to you know more more severe methods like rocket launchers and high explosives. I stood up on my couch and started cheering, like <laughs> I was so happy that this it's his museum and it's filled with what I have to assume are the things that are generally in museums, like uh, works of art and treasures and things of that nature. And it's just like. Ah, fuck it. I guess you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. I guess we have to blow up the whole fucking joint. I was genuinely delighted. And I forgot that it was his museum because I didn't notice that on this watch through until he said it later. And I was like, wow, he just doesn't care, huh? No. And it's only a little better that it's his own museum, frankly. I guess. But man, if I were those. Well, here's the good news is that they blow up the museum fucking six ways to Sunday. But everybody, it's like the Blues Brothers. Like, everybody just sort of dusts it off like, oh, well, guess I had some stuff fall on. Like, every the two, Bebop and Rocksteady are basically fine. They are taken away in an ambulance, but they seem yeah. to be okay. And our lead, our floppy-haired itinerant gentleman, no worse for the wear. He sleeps through the Doesn't whole thing. Doesn't even notice. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, our our monster squad, uh, monster squad has transformed into their shapes of let's call them elephant, orca, lion, and some sort of beetle. Man, sure. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have think better names, names for them at this, this point. Episode. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird animal monster guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, par for the course. I feel like for the very limited sort of like. Which is to say, I've watched I watched Power Rangers and the pre. Is it called Cyclone Rangers? Am I making that up? The thing that eventually became American Power Rangers. Well, the the general the catch all term for the 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 series, which is much like Common Rider in that every year is a different show, uh, is Sentai. Yeah. So, oh, okay. depending on which Power Rangers series you watched, the name of the show that it drew the footage from would be different. Okay. Yeah, so the, if you uh, watched like old school, like OG original first season Power Rangers, then the show it came from uh, was Kyoryu Sentai Zoo Ranger. Got it. 
I think I might have actually just been quoting the song Turning Japanese now that I think about it, uh, which is, <laughs> yes. uh, I'm old. Uh, oh, Cyclone Ranger. You're right. That is a line wait, was? in the For, song. That is, okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, what a weird song. Anyways, uh, so there are monsters and they are of various animal shapes. They are alive, and it's time for Team Heat Vision and Jax to take them out. <laughs> and Team Heat Vision and Jax lose terribly. They so get their one. asses handed to them. And this is to the soundtrack of Happy Birthday. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I smell toast. Like, I was like, I think I'm because all the other music in the show cuts out. And there is like a bee swarm of coins yeah. that in slow motion kill motherfucking execute every last one of the the motorcycle team and and then they all stand over a charred burning motorcycle corpse just going ah we did it and this is i can't stress this enough i don't think we've even had the opening credits yet nope yes that happens after our protagonist wakes up back in the museum gets undressed and through the process of hanging up his uniform on the wall the wall collapses, revealing well, first his, finds... his nudity. To... Oh, he gets hit in the face with a coin. Yes. He wakes up and he finds the red, the red medal. And he's like, oh, this must be my pay for some reason. And then, yeah. I guess, knocks off for the day, takes off everything but his underpants, <laughs> hangs it up, causing the wall to collapse. And everybody outside who's shown up because of all the explosions sees him standing there in his very flowery uh, boxers. Yeah. The real yeah. police. Yes. Yes. Not the not the private police team, but don't worry actual, because no, no, none of the police will be at all important to our story. They're just they're just extra characters. Oh what, no! Well, what about I'm, what I'm being about ironic, arm guy Josh? Oh, I'm being ironic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Us uh, us United States of Americaners, we don't do we don't understand your fast paced Canadian irony. I honestly just felt dumb because I'd forgotten that that happened, and I didn't twig to the fact that I should be paying attention to those two guys for way too long for somebody who's already seen the series. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, at this juncture uh, in the series uh, and in the episode, who they're just some random sacks of meat just yes. walking around trying to figure out why a man is in his underpants. Yeah, I feel like we're lucky that they interviewed him at all. They're just like, yeah. hey, tell us your name and where do you live? He's like, I am homeless. And I only carry underwear. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before, But now the wall goes down. He's like, oh, my underpants. And then is that where we get the awesome opening credit sequence? Yes. That is indeed where we get the awesome opening credit sequence. I am not. Gen- which is. Which is. Definitely my top three Kamen Rider opening themes, if not just the top one. It's so good. It's a banger. It's incredibly catchy. Yeah. So good. It's got like everything going on <laughs> it literally has everything uh, i'm not generally someone who goes oh good ska but in this case i had already seen ten thousand impossible things in four minutes and then you know a mid-90s early era no doubt kind of like real big sounding ska jam with lots of monsters and motorcycles and stuff i was like this may now be my favorite show of all time this is great <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted in that. And like watching the opening over time kind of grows and makes more sense because all of the visuals in it are deliberate, which is something that I very much appreciate about this series. Other times you'll just get like, ah, oh, it's computers, so let's put some code. Uh, here's a character <laughs> hitting another character. And this is like kind of touching emotional moments happen and like backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even stuff that didn't make any sense, like the relationship between a man who gets taken over by an arm, who we'll come to meet in a few minutes, and uh, his sister, which we'll come to understand that at the end of the episode. But, like, there are a lot of furtive glances and and hugging through fabric. And, like, and again, it just sort of, maybe six-year-old boys in Japan are just super sophisticated. Because, like, there's a lot of, like, real thoughtful emotional imagery in between like coins flying around and sawed off shotguns and and bugs on motorcycles and whatever. And like a growly dancing hand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we're back where we have an awesome opening credit sequence and then we're back to the action. We have a title. Metal Underwear Mysterious Arm. 
all the titles are basically going to be three things because three things is the 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 deal with O's, mm-hmm. as we will oh. come to find out. Oh, amazing. Uh, I definitely thought when I first found it completely legally on the internet, um, I was like, oh, that title must have been poor, very poorly translated. Um, surely the episode is not called Underwear and Arm and whatever. But no, that's uh, that seems to be exactly what that episode is called. Yeah. And I noticed this time reading the, the actual like Japanese title as it came up on screen is that they've got like a toe in there between each of those three things. So like mm. they could... Instead of putting that throwing a comma in there, be like underwear and an arm, but it's yeah, fine. I, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. I think I like it. I think I like it this way. But yeah, yeah. it could it, it it could it could go either way. I, I I just appreciated that they highlighted the toe, like it's white text versus the others. It's mm, like oh yeah, this is nice. Yeah, so we're at the interview with Aji, our yes, our hero. Whose name we will find out in a moment. Yes, he's saying that the the rob that the robbers should get taken care of because they're good guys and they gave him some juice and he's known them since this morning. <laughs> and that means a lot to him, I guess. I I don't know if he has like the memento disease where he wakes up every morning just a fresh slate, but he seemed very attached to them for like. And, but oh, and I don't know if this was in your translations as well, uh, uh, but. Uh, he said, they have evil faces, but they seem okay. I'm paraphrasing. But he definitely did take a moment to point out that there, there was something up with their faces, but they were basically good guys. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> and he's known them since this morning. And he's still just wearing his shoes and his underpants at this point. As you do. Um, the cops don't seem terribly, they seem pretty nonplussed by the whole affair. Not like, oh, weird, a man survived a terrible explosion or, oh, weird, a wall almost fell on us or, oh, weird, a guy's just walking around in his underpants. They both seem like they have like a lunch reservation they need to get to. Like none of the, no, none of this seems pressing considering an entire fucking museum has been exploded, but with no casualties. Well, I think, you know, probably they're like, well, this guy seems really sketchy, but also does not appear to have done anything. And we've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I suppose. All right, I buy and that. And he only, and all he has on him is, is some underwear with holes burnt in it and some change. He's so sad about that. Uh, the cops do a little interviewing of him and we learn that he is, for all intents and purposes, homeless, just going from job to job, just walking the earth. And all he needs is his money in his underpants. And then he unfolds his underpants and re- somehow he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. Bebop and Rocksteady are fine. Everybody's basically okay. But I guess his underpants took a direct hit. <laughs> yes. While they were wadded up in the pocket of the pants hung on the wall. Next yeah. To him. Indeed. Yeah, with, that, with, that with a bunch of change in them. It is yeah. significant that they are tomorrow's underpants. Yeah. Yes. He's already wearing his other pair for today, but tomorrow's is the only thing he needs. Yeah. And, and, and again, in my subs, uh, it he looks, you know, it's that shot of him staring through a hole in the underpants and he just says, my tomorrow, which is just, there's something very existential about that. I don't know. I, I had to, I had to pause it and think about it for a few minutes. Like, Wow, his tomorrow is based entirely on the condition of his underpants. I think we can all learn a little something from that. What I don't know, but we'll put a pin in it. Meanwhile, in creepy tunnel of destruction, uh, we get some majestic Wait. fabric. Oh, first, is first there an important Sat- thing about cake? Yeah, first we get Satonaka, which is the secretary's name, eating cake. And the chairman being super psyched about the greed being born. Yes. With three E's, yes. Yes. I swear it's a typo. I swear it's the man did a misspelling on the cake, and then all of the subtitlers and whatnot were like, that's definitely the canonical spelling, the word greed. I mean, it makes sense with with the threes thing that it has going on, that it's like three E's, but yeah. I'll never accept it. It's not like they really pronounce it like it has three E's as such. That's true. Like it's 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 indistinguishable from how how you in Japanese would transliterate greed with two e's. So, really. Mm. But he's excited about the greed being born. He's excited about all of his men being killed, or at least again is very sanguine about it. And he's excited uh, that his secretary is getting some cake. And so do, she seems very oh, excited yeah. about it too, because as I said before, she's eating almost an entire cake very happily. 
it looks like a really good cake too. It's got like strawberries in the middle. It looks tasty. I, I I mean, if this uh, if this sort of being an eccentric billionaire who has dominion over the monster spirit world doesn't work out, this guy could go on Great British Bake Off, no problem. Oh, yeah. oh, easy. Oh, yeah, for sure. yeah. No, yeah, no, no problem there. Forget about it. She eats some cake, and he's like, "The, the Greedo are born, and this is this is all going to be great. This is going my this is exactly how I wanted my day to go." Whereas the Greed are all like, "Oh man." Our crap is missing and our bodies suck. We've never really had bodies before, maybe. Well, I think they had better bodies, maybe. I don't know. They're pretty dope. Because they are are missing core metals. But uh, hang on. I want to go back to this for a second because Corey began to point it out. Before they have this conversation, they get like an arena rock, like, oh, you, you, you've had the rest. Now try the best. It's some fucking monsters. And then they have big billowing things of fabric come down. Like they get like proper rock star introductions. And themed conversation moments, like as, as the conversation shifts, as they have each of their own like statements they shift position and are put in front of their colored fabric piece. Mm. It's great. I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to bring a big, just like a big bolt of sateen with me and just be like, okay, nobody pay attention. I'm just, I'm just going to do this real quick and then just drop it over the door and then run back out and run back in. Like, what's up? That's how I'm going to do. I support you in this mission. (laughs) Thanks friend. But their bodies suck. Uh, even though to me, I would I'd be fine with any of those bodies. Those look dope as hell. But they're like, I don't feel good. These are stupid bodies. We're missing our special coin metal. I bet that sneaky hand took them. He was awake already. Yes. Cut to sneaky hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> St- stalking Heiji. And this is this is a straight up for those of you who have not watched the series. Although I do recommend it. This is a straight up disembodied Evil Dead style arm. Cousin it just like or not cousin it yeah thing I don't know that's some Adams family reference yeah thing yeah it's yeah, thing, thing. Cous- cousin it was the yeah. shaggy fella uh, yeah. just th- just thinging around thinging around Japan wherever they are just looking looking for his missing piece and uh, and then we see our our floppy haired uh, adorable hobo who's just uh, he got to find another job because if he doesn't then he won't have a place to sleep or underpants this guy he's got the hierarchy of needs on lock oh yeah. Well, and then he's easily distracted by a nearby vending machine where he's like, oh, right, I got this wonky coin. Maybe I should stick this in the vending machine. Except he fumbles it. <laughs> yes. It, and it's one of those secret, we, I had been visually taught, it's one of those secret motorcycle vending machines, which I thought, oh, now this is going to be something. It's not. Nothing happens. I swear, no. I swear canonically that machine would just eat that coin. Like... Nothing would yeah. happen. He would put it Cause in. Because it's, it's a happen. core metal instead of a, a just a gray metal. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. It would just be like, mine now. But he fumble butts it and he drops it under the thing and then he can't get to it and he tries and reaches for it. The scene goes on for about 45 minutes. Like he cannot yeah. he cannot get it. And then a lady walks by with her friends. And she is, okay, so he tips it back and tries yeah. to scrape the coin out with his foot. The hand, Onk, tries to creep under there to grab the coin. When A.G. untips the machine, he crushes Onk. Onk screams. The lady is like, oh, no, fair traveler, you're injured. Let me help you. I'm super strong. I'm just going to pick this machine up. And he's like, I'm fine. And so she's like, oh, I'll put the thing down. What, a creepy hand? Hey, guys, I got a question. Um, So is this like and and I'm sure and when I use this as a comparison, I understand that O'Malley, uh, Lee O'Malley was uh, uh, stealing from all sorts of shows and things like this. So is this a world where people are like Scott Pilgrim, where people are just like super strong? And again, it's just like, oh, that oh, that girl with the cute hat. She's just super strong. I guess that's just how these things go. And before, if this is a thing that is going to be a spoiler for upcoming episodes, you don't have to answer. But it seems like she has all of the powers of Kal-El himself. And everybody, again, is just like fucking real chill with it. Like, oh, or is it just like people with cute hats? Are they really strong? And is that how we identify people who are strong? I think it's just that she's really strong and... That the people that know her are aware of this, and she just doesn't think it's a big deal. And AJ is very accepting of things that he sees. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah. he he's known her since five minutes ago. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He he noticed the significance of her lifting it up, but didn't feel the need to comment on it as things were more pressing, such as like her screaming. Yeah. Yeah. And a and a, and a disembodied hand suddenly turning up behind him. Yeah, and and she screams and runs right the fuck away, which uh, I think any of us would do in that situation. Mm. Not our guy, though. He's still like trying to figure this out. What's going on? I don't know. If I saw a disembodied hand, I would be like, finally, my time has come. Oh, I know. <laughs> I just keep waiting for my common Rider origin to happen. Yeah. Nothing. Or like a zombie undead apocalypse. It's like... Just okay, do like, I get my bow or am I getting a magic belt? Like, which one is it? Get Getting oh. haunted by something. Oh. Yeah. Well, you two have more of an adventuresome spirit than I. They, when confronted with what would be my common writer origin story, I think I would stay around just long enough to get a real cool Instagram pic. And then I would run right the fuck away, lock myself in a room with like a bunch of like maybe some combos, chips and a lot of beer and just be like, Whatever's about to happen, I'm not going to live through it. So I'm just going to chill out here with crackers and, uh, you know, MTV Classic and beer uh, until uh, something kills me. And that's that's how that's going to go. But good luck to both of you with your bows and your swords and your axes and whatnot. Thank you for picking up the slack. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm useless. I am definitely not going to be great in an apocalypse. I will be a blood, a blood, a blood sacrifice. I- I score very highly on those quizzes on the mm. internet. I am, I am ready to go. We, well, BuzzFeed Canada sounds like it's a lot more intense than what we get down here. We get things like, which Smurf are you? You you all are getting like, how will you survive the motherfucking apocalypse? Literally that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we live in a very dangerous climate in general. <laughs> Just, you know. Just just where I live, the, the temperature between the winter and summer uh, could easily be like a 60 degree centigrade difference. 80. Mm. 80 in Edmonton. Because it's 40 to 40. Yeah, I don't think it's been up to 40, but it certainly goes down to 40. Oh, for sure. But I, I was I was trying to ballpark it relatively accurately. But 80 and of course, by centigrade, it. I meant Celsius. Same Obviously. thing. Yes. Yes. Clearly. Jewelry store. Weather talk. Jewelry store. Jewelry store. Oh, yeah. Jewelry store. Yeah. Body horror. Cronenberg. What again? What the absolute fuck is happening with any of this? I'm not going to be able to not scream when talking about this. What's going on in the jewelry store, my friends? Uh, Just normal jewelry store stuff. Like a a monster creating a coin slot in the back of a lady's head and putting a medal in there. And then she turns into a weird... A weird mummy thing comes out of her and eats her jewelry and a bunch of other jewelry and turns into a mantis monster, like you'd expect. When it sticks her hand in its mouth, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going a different direction. Yeah, that was that was creepy as fuck, and not for children. Not for children. Does it make you feel better to know that those mummies are called yummies? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I love that they're called yummies. <laughs> Yeah. No, I saw that. I saw that on the wiki, and I was like, "That must be a typo or something." Nope, they're called, but nobody says it in the episode. Not this episode. It, it, they no. will eventually. You'll keep hearing it. Yeah, actually, I can't stress enough that Yummy's O O O sounds like an awesome ass breakfast cereal. <laughs> ass breakfast, and if that ass breakfast, Ooh. oh, you remo- you remove the hyphen, another XKCD reader. True. Um, <laughs> So here's my question. They're already monsters. Why do they need to make more monsters to go do monster things? Because they're lazy. They don't want to have to go and do monster things if they can get some other monster to do it. Like, if you could, like, put a coin in the back of somebody's head and it would go and do go to work for you and earn money and you could stay home, wouldn't you? It's like you've been reading my diary. Yes. Yes, of course. A thousand times yes. It was a silly question on my part. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so all of that happens, and again, and this must be just a running thing or just sort of like the feeling of the show. People are a little freaked out by all of these monsters. The woman's like a little freaked out that a coin was put in her head and then a yummy popped out of her midsection and then turned into a monster when it ate more jewelry. I feel like I would be twitching on the floor 
having a stroke. Yeah. But but again, this is a universe where just stuff like this happens and everybody's not if not okay with it. It's been happening since the sixties and people are just like, okay, another one this is what's happening this year. It's gonna be like the woman went immediately into shock the moment Bugman showed up and then just severely dissociated. The also whole true. thing. Yeah. She's just like, you know I'll what? wake up. This You're will right. be a nice dream. I'll just wake up. Yeah. But no, You're it turned right. into a mantis. I feel like living in the Japan of, of Kamen Rider and Sentai is like just having to constantly deal with like really weird terror attacks all the time. And you just have to either like deal with it or emigrate. <laughs> And like it's it's yeah. like living in like the Marvel or DC universe where the stuff just happens and maybe sometimes it happens to you and then you have to tell your boss that you were like 15 minutes late because there was a giant robot fight on the way and you you had to wait for traffic to clear up. It's only weird when you realize that the universes do touch each other. Yeah. When the, when there's crossover episodes or like joint movies or the new series Zio uh where it's like, oh, the monsters from that one series about space vampires are definitely in this series about Egyptian coin monsters. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the fun things about the crossover movies is seeing which disposable enemies show up in them from which series and seeing if you can I correctly identify them. I, I look forward to learning about all of this over the next 60 years. Hopefully I'll get mono or something so I can really catch up on 45,000 episodes and 10,000 movies. Pretty much. About, uh, about bug robots on motorcycles. It's a commitment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's taken time. me like 10 years or so. That, that's awesome. You were also watching all of Godzilla, though. So I know. I have a lot of balls in the air. My days are just packed. I'm sorry. I can't meet you for drinks. I've got to watch Rodan. <laughs> that sounds like Adam. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, mon- monsters, 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 monsters. They make a mantis. Um, a, a yummy comes out of a woman's tummy and turns into a mantis and goes chasing after the coin. We joined this, this in progress. Oh, and the police are chasing after it. Yes. Because it Everybody, like, lands yes. on the police car as it as it leaves. Right, right, right. With our yes. intrepid detectives. Yes. Yes. Mantis managed to manages to catch up with Ankh and AG, uh, because AG still has Ankh's red metal. Ankh had it for a second and then AG kicked him and he just like tossed it to him, basically. Yep. And the Mantis fire like does like these this slashing attack thing. And Ankh blocks all of them. Uh, because I guess he doesn't want Ag to get hurt until he gets his medal back. True. Although, if Ag gets hurt, can he just go to his corpse and just be like, "Hey, thanks for that medal, sucker. You're dead." Like, why does I feel like it was a reflex? I think he's just caught up in the moment. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's Hunk's relation to the rest of the Monstars? Like, is it that's uh, a mystery? Great. Okay, because it seems like he's got. It seems like he's marching. He's not necessarily aligned with the other ones. He's sort of off doing his own thing. And they've got history. Yeah, they're not happy about it. But when they when they're hanging around in their fabric tunnel, uh, they're <laughs> like, "Where's on? Oh, Unk, that bastard! Boo! What a jerk!" Yeah. So specifically, I love this fight scene because the Mantis Man just like grabs the hand and throws the hand. So you get all these yeah. like tumbling, crashing shots where it's just a hand. Yeah. Yeah, and he tosses him through like a like an ad. So he's just like. Stuck through like a picture of somebody's teeth. Yep. And then Ag tries to uh, help and just gets tossed around too. And the police show up and try to help with their guns. And the mantis just slices its the bullet in in, in two in midair, which is cool as hell. Yeah. And then the cops are, for all intents and purposes, murdered. Yes, effectively. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, one hundred one hundred percent D E A D. And then Mister Hand is just like, hey. This guy's an idiot. Maybe I can use him. You know what I should do? I should give him all of the powers of Jesus Christ himself <laughs> and a cool ass motorcycle and a robot body. That's what I do with stupid people. What's up? I'm a hand. Yeah. <laughs> and also the mantis tries to tries to tell AG to like butt out. And AG's like, no, I've known this disembodied hand and these policemen since this morning. They are equivalent. <laughs> all of these people are people I have met. Definitely people. <laughs> like, not that he'll have a lot to leave, but does AG have to keep updating his will? 
for like people like, oh, well, I just met this person this morning. They'll get, you know, one pair of underwear because they're, <laughs> they're, they're very dear people to me. I've known them since this morning. You'd be surprised that it comes up. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Onk extrudes, I guess, the seal from yeah. the coffin and slaps it on Aoji's tum-tum and it turns yeah. into a belt. A weird looking belt. He's like, put all these coins in it. And then, yeah. He's like, I. We get the best transformation song in the world. Now grab this round thing and slide it over them. Which he knows. And then they do, then they make a little song. Which he knows, but here's the thing. A.G. knows exactly what's up. And again, he's like, oh, I've got a magic belt now and I have uh, a curling puck uh, to, I don't remember what those things are called. What are they? What are those things called? A rock. A rock. Yes. He's given a magical curling rock and a magical belt. Again, completely nonplussed by all of this. And he knows exactly what to do with it. He's got to strum it like a power cord. And then, bizzazz, he transforms. One of the secondary abilities of all common Rider is the sudden inherent knowledge when they become a common Rider of exactly how to henshin. Yep. With very few exceptions. He does not miss a beat. And he got Corey. We were talking over your uh, your heart tugging rendition of the uh, transformation theme. Please, one more time. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Please I, do I it can again. do it again. I was. There's no issue with me editing that in the future so that it's not. But Tatoba, Tatoba, Tatoba. I wrote Tatoba in all caps with an exclamation point in my notes because it's the best. What does Tatoba mean? Nothing. No, it's the first syllables of each animal that he's partially transforming into. Uh, so it actually says it first. It's like Taka Tora Bata. Yeah. And then it's Tato. Yeah, because Taka is hawk. So his top is, is a hawk. Uh, Tora is lion. So is tiger or lion? Tiger. So his middle, like the yellow part is tiger. Bata is short for Batakiri yeah. or something like that. Anyway, but it's mantis. Uh, so his bottom is is mantis. Other translations do translate that chant into what animal they're saying, but hmm. sometimes it's just the Got word. It. Yeah, it depends on it depends on what you're what what uh, subs you're watching. And I like how Iggy's like, why why was there a song? And Unk's like, that's O's. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'm going to start saying that when people ask me to uh, expound on what I've just said. Like, Josh, uh, wait, that didn't make any sense. Why do you feel the need to drink 80 ounces of beer in a half hour? Hey, that's O's. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It, it carries that's a little O's. more weight if you're a disembodied hand. A little more. Well, and if I there's a mantis start. man trying to slash you to bits. Yeah. There's a lot. Suffice to say. A really smooth mantis okay, man. Okay, I don't want to think about him. <laughs> okay. He's really smooth, like like not like in action, but like in texture. He's just very. He's he's got this weird smooth face. It's upsetting. He's had a lot of work done. Yeah, look, yeah. he's he just had he had a chemical peel. He felt a little. <laughs> look, you know what? Show business is tough. Maybe he's getting on in years. He did just grow that skin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. That's- Fresh so he, skin. Oh, so he doesn't need he doesn't need anything. I am so envious. I've got I'm sebaceous and I've got T zones and flake. I like that that to have that mantis fresh look. <laughs> Do you think they sell mantis man face masks? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, they must. That sounds that sounds so refreshing. Anyways, uh, fight, fight, fight. There's some fighting yeah. now. You best believe there's some fighting. He he uh, pops his 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 tiger claws. Does some slashing, a bunch of metals pop out of the the mantis guy when he gets hit. Which I love. Just like a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That yeah. I, I gotta say, I have several common rider video games where you can play as the various Heisei riders, and I always just play as those. So the money comes out? <laughs> no, but he's just he's just really good, like as a character. Like he starts with like like the, the the tiger claws and they're very effective and he's got like really good like alternate attacks and I just I just always play as him and I'm like I guess I could play as another rider but why why also he's my fave so um, he seems, yeah he so seems very nice Ankh um, Ankh is like hey try this green metal instead of your yellow metal and then he he gets uh, mantis claws instead of tiger claws and he's like two thirds green instead of being one third green and he's better at mantising than mantis. 
Yes. Yeah. All by the way, all I could think uh, whenever the coins were exchanged out of the belt was the phrase metals and belt sold separately. Like this is just <laughs> That sounds yes. accurate. Every every single thing in this show is just like and immediately go. I, I, it did not escape my notice that uh Bandai, uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, was one of the big sponsors of the show and if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. they make the toys. They make lots of toys. You are not mistaken. No. Fight fight fight. The Mantis man is vanquished. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I wrote medals everywhere. Turned into his component yep. pieces. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then Ankh gets the idea. He's like, oh, hey, a corpse. Oh, you know what I can do with that? I can attach to it, which is a thing that I can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm going to I'm gonna do it. And so he attaches himself to the more whisper thin lad. Yes. The, uh, uh, the dead yes, detective. The I'm going to call him dead that. Detective. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Ankh attaches himself to dead detective uh, and a dead detective then gets possibly the best hair I have ever seen on a man or a human being. Just like that's some good ass hair that guy's got now. Yes. I would happily, I would happily die and be taken over by an arm to get that kind of hair. (laughs) It's very good hair. It's good hair. Meanwhile, his phone has been ringing and we see on the other end, it's Hina calling him because it's her brother. Dun, dun, dun. It's super strong hat girl. Everything is connected. Time is a flat circle. Just when we're reeling from that revelation, cut to a person we've never seen before. We have. I think he was one of the, he was, he was like the only competent he, guy he from hands the Kogami raid. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. But he was but also. He's been helmeted the whole time. Yes. Yeah. But I think he's the guy who burst in through the wall. Well, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, but they take off his, the, the shot where he takes off his helmet and lets his all, by the way, just as a side note, just about everybody on the show has really good hair, but the guy takes off his helmet and it's, he, he, he takes it off in a way that the audience is supposed to go, oh, it's Phil or whatever, but it's not Phil. It's just, yeah. it's like, all right, here's some, here's another guy with dope ass hair. What's he going to do? And of course, what he does is he takes a thousand Pepsi cans that turn into murder hawks. End of episode. Yes. End of another fucking episode. I, Except, <laughs> oh wait! Before, right before that happens, the chairman makes a cake for yes. O's. Happy birthday, oh, O's! Happy birthday, O's! Uh, cake count two. <laughs> That's not going to be a thing. There's no way. <laughs> oh, I, I, I could make okay. it a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> That's great. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, we go back to the chairman. He is equally excited about the creation of Common Writer as oh 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 as he is the monsters as he is his men getting killed. It's all it's all gravy to him. With this guy, you know, I wish I was a little more like him. Just any day above ground is a good day. He's happy with it. It's all according to plan. Whatever the plan might, I'm excited to see what the plan is. But, uh, and yeah, so he eats another cake and uh, Cher from Clueless is happy that there's more cake. And then, uh, and then, like I said, uh, Robot Murder Hawks. Yes. End of episode. Yes. At the end of the episode, there is a frame stuck around like the final shot that is freeze framed. And later on, mm-hmm. you may discover that those are the count of the medals that are collected. Yes. Oh. Much like if uh, anybody who listened to Ghost Watch will, will recall they did a similar thing with the icons in, in Ghost. Yeah. And tying yeah, it all together. Before the absolutely spoilersville of the preview for the next episode. Yes. It's all, it all looks very exciting. It looks like uh, there's a lot more of that young lady with the hat. Uh, it looks like there's some people riding around on motorcycles and having adventures. And uh, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. This looks good. I'm good with this. How are you guys doing? You guys good with this? Oh, man, I love this show. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've already seen yes, it once, yes, and I, I, I love it. I am very excited um, to introduce someone new to a, a good common Rider. Yeah, this will be my much smoother. This will be my redemption arc. Uh, per- <laughs> <All right>, have- <laughs> if it was your redemption... Well, no. I was going to say if it was your redemption arc, you'd be doing it with Kate and Heather, but I don't think they'll ever do this with you again. So Yeah. <laughs> Some talks have to happen. Some very serious talks. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to make a lot of concessions. Yeah, yeah after Ghost. Yeah, I, it has to be X Eight after yeah. Ghost, which is great and fantastic. But yeah. convincing people of that, even like now, I've seen the whole thing, and I can assure them that it's good. It's good all the way through. Yes, I I don't think it'll oh, happen. Great. 
Was was Ghost no. very bad? No. It was very yes. average. Oh, okay. Oh, a common writer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm considering calling like the overarching umbrella term for these common writer recap podcasts, uh, common people. So that that is yes. very in line with uh... with my extensive list of possible names. Because there's nothing else to do. Um, we dance and drink and henchmen. <laughs> yes, because there's nothing else to mention. Uh, <laughs> he was he was an arm attached to a dead body. Uh, I, I all right. Uh, Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I'm Corey Andrew Dickens, and you can find me on Twitter at Absalar. We have with us uh, Josh Kagan, who you should listen to Peanuts Gallery about. And check out Josh A. Kagan on Instagram if you want to see some pictures of his. And also, pulling up the rear, Adam Wasserman, at Gold Sarcasmium on well, Twitter. Hey, Adam, I didn't tell her to say that or phrase it like that. I, I, think, you're, I, know. I think you're doing a great job. Thank, thank you, Josh. No I, I really appreciate that. Anyways, you were saying. It's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster of an hour. But. <laughs> Whew. All right. Do anyway. we do we do we have a do we have a Twitter for this or anything? <laughs> I only okay. named it yesterday. <laughs> Stay tuned. I, I just wanted to put you on the spot for no uh, reason. I can cut that out. Uh, <laughs> I know you uh, can. So one more. Anyways, uh, this is where we all say goodbye. Wait did, wait, did you say the rest of Adam's information before I before you said he was bringing up the rear? That's oh, legitimately, I'm just on Twitter. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm also on Mastodon, oh. but don't oh. worry about it. Gold Sarcasmium on Masto. As little as I post to Twitter, I post even less to Mastodon, so, you know. Great. Oh, and I'm on uh, Joshua Kagan at uh, MySpace as well. You can oh. uh, check out. You can I be got, friends. I got lots of, I got, I got lots of uh, blingy. Uh, I got lots of, <laughs> lots of pictures, lots of uh, Lily Allen downloads. You're gonna, it's, it's great. G- good night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye.